What is up, you beautiful human? Hello and welcome back to the Raw, Real and Vulnerable podcast with me, your host, Beck Antonucci. Sam, today is my 35th birthday, so happy fucking birthday to me. And I would love to ask to receive that if I have impacted your life in a really beautiful way that somehow you choose today to let me know. I would just love to be really poured into by my community and everyone around me for anyone who has ever felt like I have done and or said something that has created lasting impact for you internally. I would just really love to hear today. That would really make my birthday. Today, fam, is my absolute dream guest of all time. It's funny, someone asked me recently, who's your dream guest for your podcast? I was thinking, you don't really have one. Until I realized in this moment as I was getting on this podcast with Alexi that she was actually my dream guest of all time. Alexi's videos came across my Facebook page probably 10 years ago now, if not more. And I looked at this woman and I felt, oh my God, she is activating something within me that I know exists inside of me, but I can't quite get to. And she reminds me of me when I was tapped in, turned on, excited by life, and I've lost that but I want it and I don't know how to get it. And I became obsessed, literally obsessed with watching her Facebook videos. And then her and her uh, now husband, Preston Smiles, brought their work to Perth, Western Australia, the bridge experience. And I couldn't not go. And I know that you've all heard the backstory of the guy jumping off the boat in Rottnest Island. And we ended up going together and me feeling like he's a spiritual angel that actually even got me to that event in the first place. But going to bridge experience and extreme leadership really has shifted my entire life over the past 10 years. It was the thing that brought me acceptance around the sexual shame, the herpes shame. It's the thing that has created my online business. It has created community all around me. And I just have so much appreciation, respect, adoration, love for Alexi and the woman that she is. And this episode today is so fucking good. It's literally my favorite episode of all time. It really dives into the nuances of everything that I'm actually living through in my human experience right now. I literally believe that God gifted me this podcast being booked on this day so that we could really dive into all the ins and outs. And I have a full human comprehensive understanding of everything that's happening. And we really dive so deep into your aliveness, your awakening, your own internal muse, you connecting back to your own truth, you living a pleasure-led life, led directly by your desires. This is so juicy, so powerful. We dive into the good girl. We dive into the independent woman, which is the good girl 2.0. You absolutely fucking do not want to miss this episode. Strap yourself in, fam. This is one hell of an episode. Let's fucking go. Oh my goodness, I am so excited to introduce a woman who has had such a profound and impactful impression on me, my life, who I am as a woman, who I'm becoming as a woman. Alexi Panos, welcome to Raw, Real and Vulnerable. Thank you. I'm so excited. We finally made this happen. It's been a long time coming. Everyone was like, who is your best guest that you could ever get on the show? And because you're like literally the woman whose Facebook videos came on my page like 10 years ago, I was like, this woman is activating something in me. You've always been my dream podcast guest. And here we are. We're doing it. I'm so excited. Thank you for having me. I'm so honored. So for any woman who doesn't know who you are and what it is that you do in this world, can you share a little bit about Alexi Panos? 
Yeah. So I have taken quite the ride over the last 10 years. I started in this work of being a master coach and personal development leader, author, speaker, trainer, really as my own passion, as my own project on myself. I had experienced sexual abuse. I had experienced rape. I had experienced a multitude of highs and lows, big traumas, little traumas. And I recognized that I had all this armoring and just defense mechanisms and masks. And I was really good at it. You know, I was really successful in life. I was making a lot of money at an early age. I had fame and success at an early age in television and music and I was just like crushing it according to society standards, but really felt empty on the inside and couldn't quite quite put my finger on it. And I'd always been into like Tony Robbins and Wayne Dyer and Marion Williamson since I was young. I did Landmark at 18 and finished the whole program and just really always loved that world, but never thought, oh, I could do this for a living because this was like pre-life coaching. This was not when like now everybody's a coach, which is awesome. But at the time when I was into it, it was like nobody was a coach, like nobody. So I was on set, I was shooting all these shows and I would just be talking to my hair artists, my makeup artists and essentially coaching them. They're like, you're really good at this. You should be a therapist. And my mom was a therapist at the time. So it's like, oh, maybe that's the route. But I'm like, I don't know if I want to do that. It's not my lane. That's not my vibe. And so I just started saying, you know what? I'm just going to start sharing what I'm learning and reading and studying. And I'm working with all these people around the world for my own healing. I'm just going to start sharing it online. I had this background as a television host. I had my own production company where I was doing travel videos. And so I was like, well, whenever I'm traveling to these dope locations, I'm just going to bring my camera and shoot myself and do some inspirational type videos and see what happens. And that's one of the videos you saw. The ones on my Facebook page. (laughs) Yes. And I was sharing them not to make money, not to sell anything, but just because I was like, oh my God, I'm getting breakthrough after breakthrough after breakthrough. And my life is changing so quickly And I feel exponentially better. I feel more connected, more open, more available for life to flow through me. I want to share this with everyone. Everyone needs this. And so it was just like the pure excitement. And that led to getting a book deal, which led to creating courses, which led to speaking on stages about that. I was speaking on stages prior about my television and music history and nonprofit work. But honestly, it's been a ride. And so I call myself a coach, but truthfully, I'm an artist of life and I support people in unleashing their art, unleashing their passion, allowing life to permeate them so that they can truly be here, like actually be here and feel what life feels like when we're fully alive, fully online and fully turned on to our greatest gifts, our greatest power and our magic. So all of that. Oh, that's such a beautiful place to start. All those things that you said that you had would actually bring me so much joy and fulfillment and achievement and success. Like, I want that. But it sounds to me like life wasn't fully permeating you then. Oh, and that's the thing. Like, I was in the music industry at a very young age, basically like 15 to 22. I was on tour with one of the biggest groups in the world at the time. I was signed to their label. I was working on my album. But I got this very rare sneak peek into what it meant to be wealthy and what it meant to be like uber famous. And I was like behind the curtain. And I saw that, number one, it's not all it's cracked up to be. Number two, if you don't know who you are, you will quickly sell out on yourself for these things, these dangling carrots that you think are going to be the thing that gets you happiness, that get you fulfillment. And I saw the selling out. I saw the dropping. I did it myself multiple times. And it's just like, shit, this isn't working. <laughs> like, this isn't it. And it doesn't mean that because now I, I have a lot of money and money's great, but it's still not the thing. 
the thing that makes me happy, the thing that brings me fulfillment, the thing that lights me up is the fact that I actually can feel life. I am alive. I am grateful. I am turned on. I am utilizing my creative life force energy. And I know so many millionaires and billionaires who are friends of mine who are, are still searching for that. And so the number one way we've all been gaslit in our society is by buying into this lie that you need something outside of you for happiness. And I bought it. I bought it hook, line, and sinker. I'm like, oh yeah, I need more money. I remember at one point I had this goal. I was probably like, I was probably like 18. I'm like, if I made just $4,000 a month, I would be so happy. And now I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> doesn't even cover the cost of one of my kids. You know, and I have four of them. And now I'm just like, wow, it's it's never been about the money because there'll always be more. You know, there's always more to earn. There's always more success to get. You never quite arrive anywhere. You know, like we think it's this mountain when I get a hundred thousand followers on Instagram, but then you get there and you're like, well, now I need 200,000 followers and then I need a million and it's never enough. And so if we buy the lie that we're somehow going to land on enoughness outside of ourselves, we have put ourselves in a fucking perfect prison for consumerism to run rampant and for us to think, I need to look better. I need to be better. I need to be younger. I need to have a better body, a better booty, a better smile, better hair, a better tan in order to be fill in the blank. And the truth is you already have everything you need to be everything you are which is fucking incredible, but be, it's not working because you haven't owned that yet. And that was a hard lesson for me to learn. It wasn't working because I wasn't willing to own all of me. Why do you think we are so oriented to the external? And do you think that we have to go through that path first? Of Well, I'm quite certain that the relationship is going to make me happy. The money is going to make me happy. The Instagram followers, and then I actually just need to go and get it just to prove to myself that that's not it. And once I've done all the things, then maybe I'm going to listen to Alexi and realize that maybe there's something inside of me that I could potentially look at. But it seems to me like the boyfriend, the money and the followers is maybe the easy route, even though it's going to be work. I could maybe get there faster than going within. Why are we so oriented to that? Uh, such a good question. Well, I'm going to nerd out a little bit here. So historically, the relationship, we are thousands of years into the programming of being property as women. We were nouns, not verbs. We were objects, not verbs, human beings that had feelings, needs, wants, desires. So literally thousands of years, all of the women in our lineage prior to the last 50 years have had this type of programming in their body, in their bones. It was the reality. There was no other reality other than you need to be a marriageable woman. You need to be good enough for a man to choose you. And when he chooses you, then you're safe. Okay. So what do we do as women? Well, we become good girls. We do all the things. We bend over backwards. We put our needs aside. We acquiesce. We're a chameleon. Who do you need me to be in order for you to choose me? Because I'll be exactly that because I really want you to choose me because once you choose me, then I'm safe. And so we put all of our safety, all of our power onto men. Now, 1970 rolls around. Now, women are allowed to get checking accounts without their husband signing off for them. 1970, that was only 50 years ago. Like, how fucking crazy is that, right? Mm -hmm. Now we're in, we're in the thralls of feminism, 1970s into the 80s. We're in the thralls of feminism where women are like, fuck this. We are no longer objects. We are verbs. And so now the good girl turns into the independent woman. 
And the independent woman is like, I fucking got this. I'm going to go crush life. I'm going to be successful. I don't need a man. What could a man do for me that I can't do for myself? Fill in the blank. Right. So now that we've got pendulum swing to the opposite side, exactly. let me go all the way over on this side to prove that I'm not this. So now we've got thousands of years of programming on I need to be marriageable. I need to be pretty enough, skinny enough, big butt, booty, boobs enough, all the things. I need to be all these things, feminine enough, whatever whatever your story is in your lineage, right? This is what I need to be in order for a man to choose me. Then we push that away and say, oh, I'm not that person. I'm the independent woman. I don't need anybody. And so now more followers means my power. Now more money means my power. Now more success means my power. And it's still the same fucking game. Power lives outside of you. And we think just because we're independent women that we're actually in our power, we're not. We've outsourced our power to money. We've outsourced it to success. We've outsourced it to fucking bullshit metrics like social media numbers. Who fucking cares? Most people buy their numbers anyway. And we think like that's going to make us feel more powerful. But the truth is it has always been in here. It's always been in here. And it's the simplest truth, but also the most profound because, and this is my journey. I was like, well, where the fuck do I start? Like, how do I access this? Like, I don't know anything other than the independent woman game or the good girl fawning game. So like, what do I do? You know, and and it's a long, arduous journey to get in here and to actually start to cultivate our true essence and power, which comes down to life force energy. It comes down to our eros. It comes down to our radiance. And it comes down to fully allowing our light to turn all the fuck the way on so people can feel that life force energy that comes through what we call women. And that is our innate power. And it's one of the things that most women don't get to until later in their life. Oh my God, I love it. And you know, as you're talking, I'm just thinking about me and that experience, even with Jake. There were so many moments where I said yes when I really meant no. And he never wanted me to do that. Yes. And so then over time, I'm building resentment and he's saying, I want you to be true to your boundary. And I'm saying, but it's not even a conscious thought sometimes of like, I'm just going to be like, yeah, babe, whatever, when that's not true for me. Yes. It's so deep. Deep. So, so deep. So, and then on the other side, I've been sitting here in Bali thinking, do I really want to be an independent boss, bitch, babe? I think I want to help women because I can. Yeah. And I love to. But when I'm on a scooter and I see a little kid drive past with yeah. a little helmet, I just get filled with joy. And I'm sitting there thinking, what do I actually really truly want? And what am I wanting because society has told me that I want it or because I'm good at it, therefore I should? Yeah. Because my heart got broken 10 years ago and I think the independent woman is going to be my rescuer. That, and that's the thing. The independent woman is truthfully just our wounded, collapsed masculine. Let me control everything so I can stay safe. If I can control it, I can stay safe. If I can keep the power, I can stay safe. The wounded feminine is the good girl pleaser. I don't want power because I don't need anything. I have no needs. I'm just whatever you want me to be. And both are wounds. Both are about how do I stay safe in a world where I don't know my own power and I don't have my own back. And that's such a big thing you said. It's like, what do I actually want? I think most women and men, truthfully, don't really know the answer to that question because we are so disconnected from our bodies and our bodies are the source of our feelings. And when we're connected to our body, we're connected to our feelings. When we're connected to our feelings, we're connected to our desires. When we're connected to our desires, that's our GPS for truth. The minute we we are like, ooh, here's a desire. Doesn't mean you have to act on it. 
doesn't mean it's completely literal, but it's pointing you in the direction of truth. And even that little desire, whatever that feeling was or sensation when you saw that little kid, right? And you're just mm-hmm. like, what's that? It's a breadcrumb towards your truth. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, most of the work we have to do, especially as women, but men as well, is unlearning, deprogramming, taking ourselves out of the domestication that we have been put in for thousands of years. And that is the journey. It's a process. But when you start tasting your truth, that shit is so addictive. And you're like, how did I play that game for so long? Like I look at my life and I'm like, wow, I thought that was the truth. It was something that you said in Bridge and Extreme in Austin. You said the independent woman is a good girl 2.0. Yes. Yes, she is. And that to me was like, that's the pendulum that you're talking about from 50 years ago. I'm like, oh my God, there goes good girl back. Let's throw it to the other side. And even when, when you're talking about feelings and obviously we're in the coaching world, a lot of people talk about how much money they do each month and this and that. And I started to realize I was living my life based on this number that was dictating the goodness of my month or not. Right. And when I was feeling into the vision for my business, I just couldn't, I know that I can. Like I can, I can hustle that shit. No problem. Of course. And I can't feel the same joy as the little kid that drives past me on the scooter. That. And so that's the real inward journey that I'm on right now. Like, what have I been distracting myself with? Yes. That's actually preventing me from receiving the life that I most desire. Yes. And that's such a big thing you're touching on right now. And this is why the work of like coming back into true balance, true inner masculine, inner feminine balance union is so important. And it usually starts if you're an independent woman and you're like, oh, my God, that's me. Y'all are talking to me. If you're that person, even if you're the good girl, the good girl's distracted trying to be everything to everyone. The independent woman is so distracted trying to be everything to everyone in a different way, just with more power and control, right? Mm-hmm. With air quotes, that's what it looks like. But the minute we stop and we give ourselves space and we slow the fuck down and we listen and watch and feel and move That's when we start to taste our truth. But so many of us are so busy being busy, keeping ourselves busy because we're afraid of the truth unconsciously. Because if we actually tap into what's real, we might have to change a lot of what our lives look like. We might have to change our relationships. We might have to change how we do work. We might have to change our lifestyle. Like we just might have to change too much. So people are like, ah, fuck it. I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. Because the devil I know called disconnected, not enough, not a good relationship, X, Y, and Z is better than the devil I don't know. So I'm going to stay on this path. Mm -hmm. Resonates. Got here. Uncomfortable emotions fly to the surface. I could just do so much work right now and take my laptop to a cafe and I'm going to get myself so busy that I don't have to look at any of this and that's going to feel really good Yeah, because this feels so uncomfortable. Why do you feel... That we are afraid, Alexi, of our own truth and being in that discomfort. Mm, Because it requires responsibility. Mm. And it's the catchphrase of the personal development industry, 100% responsibility. You have to be 100% responsible for your life. We all say it, but very few of us actually live it. Like, what does that actually mean? Well, that means you have to be 100% responsible for your truth and where you're not in your truth, which is being out of integrity with life itself with creation Mm -hmm. itself, with divinity and source itself. And you're basically Mm -hmm. like big middle finger up 
to the creative power that made you perfectly imperfect as you are. And you're just like, nope, we're going to do things my way. My way is better. I've got better ideas. Screw you. And life is like, okay, great. Well, then you're going to be resisting life because Mm -hmm. life is coming through you. And the invitation is to just say yes, say yes to your truth. But if you're not saying yes to your truth and you're trying to control, then you're in resistance. And people love the resistance because it's what's socially acceptable. It's socially mm-hmm. acceptable, Beck, for you to be a successful online coach with, you know, influencer status, with a podcast, with this kind of partner and da da da. It's socially acceptable for that. You're going to get celebrated for that. It is not socially acceptable to be a woman in ownership of her power. It's becoming more now, thank God, but it's not socially acceptable on a wide scale for a woman to be in her power, know that she's fucking goddess energy, life force energy, owning that and being like, yes, unapologetically, I'm not going to dim my light for you because you're intimidated by it. That's not my problem. That's yours. And women get shamed for that. Women get burned on the digital cross for that. And so we are resisting our own public shaming. So we don't go against the grain. We say, okay, I'm 100% responsible for having goals and doing all the things, but not when it comes to my truth. This is, of course, all unconscious because unconsciously we want to be a part of the pack. We want to be a part of the tribe. We don't want to be ostracized. We want to fit in because that good girl programming, as much as we resist it as the independent woman, goes so fucking deep. Who do I need to be in order to be approved of, liked, worthy, accepted, and not abandoned? Okay, great. I'll do that. And it comes back down to everything that you always say at what cost as I'm listening. It's like, okay, we're so afraid of going within, but isn't the greater fear not living the life that we actually came here for? Isn't the greater fear, like we say we want the partnership, but when we're not in ownership of our truth, then we're in the unaligned partnership or my clients finally get the partner and thought that that was going to be their fulfillment, their joy, their happiness, their princess Jasmine and Aladdin, they're on the carpet. It's happening to me. And then life isn't all sunshine and rainbows. And it's like, why are we so afraid of going within when the greater fear should really be not living our life committed to our truth? Like, isn't that pain every day greater? Yeah, you would think. You would think. But I think the momentum that it takes to get to our truth, I think that journey, if it was like a hero's journey and we were watching like a heroic movie or a, a legendary movie about some whatever, superhero. This journey, the first journey to get to the truth would be the hardest part of the film. It would be where you're facing all the villains. It would be where you almost die a million deaths. It would be where you completely dissolve into goo and then you have to be remade. It's like the most arduous part of the journey is stopping the domesticated version of yourself, dying to that a million times because there's layers. Like, I'm still going to die a million deaths to my domestication, probably for the next 50 years. There's layers. But that first journey, it's hard. It's heavy. It hurts. People don't fucking understand what's going on. It feels like midlife, quarter life crisis. And you're just like, I have to hit the eject button. Like, people start the journey and then they're like, nope, too hard. Eject. Put me back into that life because I would much rather have a fucking crazy, boring job and mediocre boyfriend because at least I can feel safe and good enough. Mm. 
You're speaking to my entire life, right? I'm like, God has gifted me Alexi on this podcast today for a reason because every single part of me is like, run back, except for one part that's like, don't, Rebecca. Yeah. Just at least hold out the Perth winter. At least hold out Perth winter. And Jake's like, are you having a midlife crisis? And I'm saying, no, <laughs> I really don't believe that it is a midlife crisis. It's a really looking at my life and saying, hey, where have I literally bought into everything that society sold me, everything that Instagram told me, everything that I thought I needed to be when my heart got broken? Like, what have I bought into that isn't actually my truth? Yes. And what am I teaching other women? That. That. And that's a big wake-up call. And it is a midlife crisis slash midlife awakening, right? Yeah. Like, when you hit a certain point, you're just not blinded by the bright lights anymore. Like, okay, I've seen enough bright lights. I know how this works. And that's the thing. Like, I hate to say it. Jim Carrey says something like this. He's like, I had to become a multimillionaire and become one of the greatest actors in history in order to realize that none of this means shit. And mm-hmm. and it's true. It's like you get so, when you, you've never seen the bright, sparkly lights, you're like, oh, bright, sparkly lights. Mm-hmm. Everything. Everything exists because of bright, sparkly lights. And then you get up in front of them and you're like, okay. Right, I kind of understand them a little bit more. And then you start making them. And then you're like behind on the production line and like you're part of the bright, shiny lights. And then you're like, okay, I really get the inner workings of this. And I'm like, it really doesn't mean shit. It's like making my coffee in the morning. Like, could mm-hmm. it, could leave it. And so the reason why midlife crises happen so much is because we spend about 30, 40 years playing the chase the carrot game until we get enough carrots and we're like, oh, oh. Why did I chase those? Like, I I have all these carrots in my own garden, but I've been running out looking for the next carrot, the next carrot, the next carrot. The illusion doesn't entice us anymore. And then so we start going, what the fuck does it all mean? Like, who am I outside of the person who chases the carrot? And why even want carrots? Like, who told me I wanted carrots? Like, where did I learn that? And then we start apples. (laughs) Yeah, we start peeling the whole thing back. And we're like, oh, my gosh, who am I? Right? Yeah. Who am I? And and that's why it happens in midlife because we have we have experience. We have years under our belt, you know? Mm. And so then for any woman who's listening and that's like, okay, I'm I'm following along, I'm a yes to all of this. How does she start to internalize? How does she start to look within? I know that your entire program is called Awaken the Muse, which is all about awakening something that's already lives within us. It's not about getting something outside. So what is a beautiful place? For that woman to begin her journey. Mm, the biggest place is to stop avoiding what you already know is true. So there's a mm. phrase I love. What are you pretending not to know? Mm. What are you pretending not to know? And like, you could just sit with that anybody. I don't care how much work you do. You could sit with that and be like, oh shit. Yeah, there's that thing. Oh shit, there's that thing. There's just all these little micro truths that we have these feelings about, we have these sensations about, we have these questions. We daydream when we're at work thinking about our creative pursuits or whatever it might be, but then we just fucking gaslight ourselves and we drop ourselves and we tell ourselves it's not important or we tell ourselves it's not the right time or we tell ourselves like, oh no, that can't be true. He's so amazing. Of course, I should be grateful. I should be happy. Mm-hmm. But what are you pretending not to know? There's an inner truth that your inner muse is like knocking on your door going, hey, I am in here and I am the most powerful part of you and you refuse to listen to me. You refuse to cultivate safety for me to come out and play. 
if you let me come out and radiate and shine, I promise you, I will be the magnetism that you're desiring for everything you want in life. And it'll be way more enjoyable and way less work because you're not in resistance to your truth. So getting to your truth, asking yourself that question, meditating, sitting on it, walking with that, what am I pretending not to know? Literally, there was an entire year where every morning I woke up and I journaled to that question. What am I pretending not to know? And then I would read it back at the end of the week and be like, interesting, that truth came up every single day. Or, huh, that one came up once. Okay, maybe it was an off day, right? And I just would start doing inventory on my life. Like, what? It, this sounds so stupid, but it's so huge for me. And this was actually in our first Muse program because we talk about like, what what does the Muse love? Like what turns your Muse on? What what calls her out and calls her forth? And what's the thing where your Muse is like, oh, nope, not that. And she just kind of goes back into hiding. And one of the things for me when it came to sex in particular was like, if the TV's on, it's like, nope. <laughs> and I had this huge realization. I'm like, oh my God, almost every time my husband and I have sex, the TV's on what the fuck? And it was just like this little thing where I'm like, I hate having the TV on. I love music. I want music. I want sensuality. I want lights. I want attention. I want, and it just like opened up all these desires. And I had the conversation with Preston, my husband, and he was like, oh, wow, really? And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, wow. It was just something I was ignoring for so long. I'm like, it's fine. It's fine. Like it's early time at night to unwind. And like you want to unwind. It's fine. The good girl, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, it's not fine. It's actually, it actually hasn't been fine for a long time. Like I want what I want and I get to create space for that. And so it, it's just drastically changed our sex life, but also drastically changed my muse's trust in me having her back and listening to her where she's like, oh, yep, she got me. So instead of me going, oh, well, does my husband have me? Which is what I used to do. Wait, like deferring my power to him. Does he have my back? Now it's like, doesn't matter. I have my back. And now he's going to show up as a reflection of that or not. And he's no longer going to fit in my life. You know, so it's just truth telling is the number one thing. Start with the truth. Get real about your ruptures. Like what ruptures are you in that you've just been like stuffing under the rug? Maybe your relationship's been on a downturn for a long time. Maybe you've been checked out of work for a long time. Maybe You've been putting way too much time and attention on what you look like and not enough time and attention on what you feel like. Like, what are the ruptures? Get honest. Get honest about it because the minute you're honest, you're like, okay, here's where I'm actually at and where do I want to be? Where do I want to be? And then that answering that question from a place of like not coming to, well, I want to be successful. I want to da da da. No. Who do I want to be? How do I want to feel like? Where do I want to be in my body and my relationship with myself, my level of confidence and ownership and and like full unapologetic, I am here. This is me. Nothing to change, nothing to do. I can dress it up or down because I choose to, but it doesn't make me anything less or more. Who I am, perfect, beautiful, and a fucking gift from God, source, heaven, infinite divine intelligence, whatever you want to say. Was it confronting to start listening to your own internal muse or was it like a real acceptance, peaceful, blissful experience? Because what I'm feeling is potentially our muse looks very different and sounds very different and asks for very different things than what we really thought that we wanted. Because I really believe that we believe we want what we think that we want. Yeah. Until we realize that's not it. Yeah. And the muse is just like, TV off, please, and ask for it. And it's like, okay. Yeah. 
for me, it was more resistance, more resistance than anything. Because for me, it's like, no, no, my way is better. <laughs> Trust me, yeah. my way is better. And honestly, like the way my muse wanted to live life and do life, a lot had to change. I would say, you know, if we're looking at my life as a percentage, 75% of it had to change. And no wonder why I was feeling burnt out and like burned out and exhausted is a symptom of you being in your wounded masculine. Mm-hmm. That was me. It's like trying to do all the things, control all the things so that I can feel safe. Meanwhile, if my inner masculine and my inner feminine were having a dialogue and they were in partnership, my inner feminine's like, bitch, you act like you don't even see me. Like, am I, are we, are we even doing this? Am I even here? Do you even recognize me? And the inner masculine's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get to you. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. And so I give my inner feminine the mic and she's like, I got a lot to say. I've been wanting to say stuff for a really long time, but you've been so busy, you haven't been able to hear me. I've been telling you and knocking on your door and giving you little signals of like, hey, slow down. Hey, more movement. Hey, more pleasure. Hey, more joy. Hey, more time for you. And I'm like, yeah, 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 I'll get to it. And so imagine your inner energies being in dialogue in partnership, like what would be the real conversation happening there? And that's something that would be really cool for you to sit in back because you're in this kind of unfolding. Like what would be that conversation of your inner feminine? Because your inner feminine, she's your muse. She's the thing that is literally life force energy itself flowing through you. And have you been listening to her? Have you been honoring her? Have you been nurturing her and dating her and giving her attention and adoration and devotion? Mm. Haven't There's a lot of work, a lot of work that gets to be done to even build that relationship back to a stable ground. Oh, I have been doing a lot of that in Bali because I notice a voice that's like, Jake doesn't fill in the blank. Jake doesn't see me. Jake doesn't meet me. Jake doesn't desire me. Jake doesn't. And so I've brought that back to like, okay, so easy for us to grab all of this and throw that on him Yeah, because it's so hurtful. I love him so much. So I'm sitting here thinking, Okay, back two people to tango. Yeah. Where do I not see myself? Like I'm wearing more beautiful clothes in Bali. I feel more beautiful yeah. in Bali. Yeah. And I've been intentional about that. Where do I not do that at home? Yes. Where am I so busy distracting myself with work? And I've just been asking myself all the things that I'm throwing in my mind at him. Yeah. I'm bringing back to me and asking myself, where am I doing that to myself? So good. So good. Honestly, the biggest betrayal in every relationship and I'll speak for women, is how often we betray ourselves, mm-hmm. how often we don't listen to ourselves, how often we say, oh, yeah, 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 that's not our job to take care of. That's his job to take care of. Mm-hmm. That's a self-betrayal. Like what you just said about Jake, I did that for years in my relationship mm-hmm. with Preston. Years. And I mean, God, probably in all my relationships prior to that. Mm-hmm. too. And I just think like, oh my God, I just betrayed myself. Like, my own inner masculine was like, no, we're going to give it to him. Let him take this. Let him lead this. Let him tell you that you're X, Y, and Z versus like, no, it's my job. Mm-hmm. And of course, it feels great to have that from our person, but they can only meet us exactly where we're at. Oh, my biggest complaint has been intimacy, but I recognize this isn't new. This was your breakdown 10 years ago, but he didn't want to meet you there. And Jake's been saying, I want to meet you there, but I just don't know how to give you whatever it is that you're saying intimacy is for you. So if you can tell me how, I'm going to hand it to you on a plate. 
And I've been sitting here thinking, if the past one couldn't give it to me, but this one wants to give it to me, yeah. and it's still the same complaint, is it them? Or is it my lack of intimacy with self? Yes, that's so huge. And it's so funny. We had um, John Wineland come in, who's like a master polarity teacher. He teaches on masculine mm-hmm. feminine dynamics. He taught today in Muse and he was saying like, men, their, their biggest desire is to please their partner. Mm-hmm. That would make them the happiest human being on the planet is to please their partner. And the reason why most men are driven crazy by their woman not in the great way crazy, but in like the, oh my God, I'm so frustrated crazy, is because we don't even know what it would take Mm -hmm. to please us. And we're deferring and outsourcing it to our men and going, you do it for me. And fuck, Mm -hmm. like we're not even willing to do that on ourselves. Like how can we expect a man to do it? And then he's trying and he's like, what if I do this? And what if I go here? What if I do it this way? And we're like, no, 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 because we are not tapped into our own desires, to our own needs, Mm -hmm. to our own wants our own intimate desire, heart, our yearning, right? So yeah, you're touching on some juicy stuff there. <laughs> oh, I'm loving it and also not at the same time. Of course, because you have to die a thousand deaths, right? It's like, okay, here's another one. Great. Oh, a thousand deaths. This whole podcast is literally about my life right now. So I'm so excited for every other woman who's tuning in. I don't normally do this, but I would really love to ask you these questions. I would love for the listener to know how different is relationship and your experience of relationship for you once you've become connected with your own internal muse. It's it's night and day. I mean, it's unrecognizable. I, like I literally almost got a divorce last year at this time. Like because I was coming into this relationship of my truth and at first I got like really fucking angry. And I got really angry with all the ways, A, I dropped myself, but also all the ways that like I, I held so much and for what, at what cost, right? And I recognized like, Lex, you fucking did that to yourself. Like you held everything because that's how you controlled everything. That's how you felt safe. So you're like, I'll hold it. I'll hold it. I'll hold it. And then there I am exhausted, mother of you know, four kids, running seven businesses, like doing all the fucking things. And I'm like, what about me? And then my muse is like, yeah, bitch, what about you? I've been telling you for a long time. (laughs) Like, hello, I've been talking to you. You haven't been listening. And I finally, I got it. And it just hit me like a ton of bricks. I'm like, oh my God, I'm so mad at him. But really, I'm so mad at myself. Like, I'm so mad at myself for dropping myself left and right, for putting myself last or second to last and putting everything else and everyone else in front of me because you know you'd look at my life and be like well you have all these businesses and you take care of yourself and yes but like the real true me like i put that person that version of me last and so really like really stepping into this journey of the muse and this work which is why i created the program with my friend emily because we were both in this massive rupture of like what the fuck you know like really getting honest truth telling deep truth telling and we just started going to work on like muse first and i called her the muse and emily had a name for hers her name was kitty but i called mine the muse and we just we prioritized muse we prioritized kitty and that work opened up fucking everything i look at my husband now and it's like we have a completely new relationship so much so we went to burning man we buried our rings from our marriage we basically like divorced energetically at the temple closed that other chapter of our marriage 
And I said, I need new rings. I need a new proposal. And I need a new wedding. I need a new anniversary date. Like this is a brand new fucking relationship. And it genuinely feels like that. People around us are like, what happened? And it's like, well, honestly, we hit rock bottom and we almost didn't make it. And then we said, well, what do we actually desire? And we both took time and really checked in. And it's like, we both actually desire to do this together in this lifetime, but things have to change. And if they have to change, the change starts with me and his change starts with him. And I'm no longer responsible for his change and he's no longer responsible for my change. So when I tell you it has transformed everything, I kid you not, we're almost at a year. Mother's Day is gonna be a year. Like Mother's Day last year was like, that was like almost it for me. And we're almost at a year. And I would even say within a month, of last Mother's Day, life was completely different. And it's only gotten incrementally better. I feel more alive. I feel more inspired. I feel more connected. I feel more joyous. I feel more fucking fierce and on fire. I feel more alive. I feel more in love. It's all just fuck yes. And there's no room for bullshit anymore. Oh, I love it. Oh, so good. What is your relationship like with sex, passion, desire, and intimacy? since becoming connected with your own internal muse. Oh yeah, well it's crazy because I've I've always been very sexually alive and open ever since I was young. Like that's never been an issue for me, but however, when P and I first got together, there was an interesting dynamic that was created where I felt too much, so I backed up. Turned my light down. I was like, "Oh, too much. Who do I need to be in order to make this work?" <laughs> so, I turned my light not all the way down, but down pretty far so that I I didn't scare him away, right? Because mm. again, like programming is we have to be marriageable. And you know, this type of woman with this type of appetite is not marriageable. She's, mm. she's that type of woman, right? And so I toned it down. And now coming back in tune with my muse, it's like, oh, fuck, sorry, babe. Like my inner feminine, I'm like, sorry. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I like let you down. I've been ignoring you. I've been pushing you to the side. I've been dimming you down. I've been downplaying you. So she's all the way back up and she is very joyously leading the erotic evolution of our relationship. And it feels so fucking good. So good. I love that because I know that I've been desiring to bring single sex back to my relationship with Jake. I'm like, why are they so different? And then it's so easy to, I'm like, it's Jake. It's all about him because it's not happening over there. And then you and Sigrid were like, Beck, you get to lead that. And I was like, don't tell me to take ownership. How dare you? I don't want to hear it, damn it. I know it's true, but I don't. Pre- <laughs> Lie to me, please. <laughs> tell me what help. <laughs> and finally, I've got one more question after this to complete. But what is your relationship with self like since awakening to your own internal muse? compared to previously. Mm, it's like the ultimate level of self-acceptance and not even acceptance of like, oh yeah, this part's fucked up, but I'm okay with it. It's like, I'm fucking dope. Like, I'm just mm. so dope. And and not in a like cocky, but like I am made from like infinite miraculous nothingness into human form. And I've been given this voice and this life and this body and this heart and these kids and this reality. And it's like, I can doubt. And I saw something today that was so good. I can't give you an example because it'll spill everywhere. But this guy was like, my dad gave me this piece of advice. And it's, you have to choose to be confident because if not, if you play small, you're going to fail anyways. And he basically took a cup of water. And it's like, if I unconfidently 
like port, it's going to eventually start to spill down the side, right? If I'm trying to be too careful, oh, don't be too big. Don't shine your light too big. But then he shows like just going for it and like pouring it and it goes straight into the cup. And it's like, oh, what a great thing, right? When you just go for it, you're like, here's who I am. That's life going like, yes, you're affirming life. You're affirming creation itself. And then creation itself goes more, more, more of life itself, more of creation itself versus like, oh, I'm this miraculous thing, but I don't want to be too miraculous. Or you're going to think, again, it's the good girl. If I'm too this, you're going to think I'm this or... Or I don't want to be to this because then you won't respect me as an independent woman and a strong. And it's like, fuck, all that shit. Who cares? Like, this is who I am. This is my life. I don't give a fuck what you think because you're not me. My freedom is mine. My autonomy is mine. My sovereignty is mine. And I am so done outsourcing it to anybody or anything else. Amazing. Alexi Panos, you really are my dream guest. And my life is forever changed for having your amazing Facebook videos that come across my page. I really, for any listener who does resonate with the herpes virus story, if your videos hadn't come across my page, I don't know where I would have found my acceptance with that. And I can't actually resonate now with the pain that I was in until women still share with me every single day. So I really thank you so deeply from the bottom of my whole heart because that was the hardest thing for me to ever get through. And because of you, I was able to find my way through. Yes. Well, thank you so much. It's been an honor to like know you and see your growth and expansion and your service and your gift and like your light just keeps shining and expanding. And I'm just a fuck yes to all of it. I'm just so proud of you and so honored to know you in this lifetime. Thank you. Alexi Panos, final question. What does it mean to you to be raw, real and vulnerable in your own life? Mm, Just ownership. I am who I am. This is it. And it's fucking awesome. Amazing. Thank you so much for any listener that wants to find you and get all up in your museness and your magic. Where can they connect with Alexi? Yeah, uh, you can find most of my stuff at Alexi Panos on Instagram. Right now, my website is literally just my link tree because homegirl ain't got time to build a new site. So we're just putting the link tree up there (laughs) and you can come take my workshops uh, bridgeexperience.com, uh, awakenthemuse.com if you're interested in learning more about that. And truthfully, just come into the world, come into the vortex. If it resonates and it's a fuck yes, you know you're in the right place. So thank you so much for today. That was amazing. Yes, so good. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. If you're desiring more from me right now, Firstly, I love your eagerness. And secondly, let's make it happen. Check out the link in my show notes where you can receive more information on my books, breakthroughs, online webinars, all upcoming courses and programs, and how you can get started on your journey within my world today. I can't wait to be back in your ears next week. And trust me, you won't want to miss this episode.